0: Welcome to the Respectful Divorce Podcast. If you are considering a divorce, it is important to know that you have options for how you divorce. On the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we explore those options and provide advice from divorce professionals. We will also talk with divorce clients about what went right and what went wrong in their divorce. On today's edition of the Respectful Divorce Podcast, we are talking with Jamie Fosgate, a divorce attorney in the Los Angeles area and a recent winner of CP Cal's Eureka Award. Now here's our host, Tim Crouch, with today's podcast. We're talking today with Jamie Foske. Jamie is a divorce and family law attorney in Burbank, California. She's a mediator and a collaborative divorce attorney and has been honored with the Eureka Award by Collaborative Practice California. Jamie, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So, Jamie, the title of this podcast is The Respectful Divorce. Uh, in your opinion, what does a respectful divorce look like?
1: A respectful divorce looks like a couple who has come to the realization that the relationship is not working to the betterment of the couple and the family, and they want to end that chapter of their life and move on to the next chapter, and they don't want to burn their bridges and uh, cause a lot of animosity. Um, they want to be respectful of the relationship they had and and maintain a good enough relationship to, um, you know, not go through the rest of their life being bitter and hating the other person.
0: So so why is all of that important? Why does why does all of that matter?
1: I think all of that matters because as human beings, I think negative energy, you know, is negative. And if you have negative energy over the end of your relationship, um, it's it's sometimes more harmful to you emotionally and physically than the person that you're angry at. And being respectful and, and closing a chapter, and moving on to the next chapter. Um, it's difficult. It's, it's, I often tell people that a a divorce or the ending of your partnership is kind of like a death. It's the death of a dream that you had about this partnership that was going to last till the day you die and maybe have kids and, you know, grandkids and great grandkids. And now that that is ending, you need to grieve and you need to come to accept the realization and you need to get to a place where you can, you know, move on. And if you get stuck in the anger-revenge phase, that's not going to be very helpful to you in the future. And if you share children together, it's not going to be helpful to your children if you're constantly in conflict with the other parent. So using a respectful process to get divorced can help not only you, but children as well, and other friends and family. They don't want to be caught in the middle of the breakup of your relationship.
0: But, but being I guess being respectful doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt. It still hurts, Right.
1: Of course, of course, being respectful doesn't mean that you roll over and play dead and give up everything and just, you know, you, you still need to look out for yourself and your best interests and your children's best interests, but it means understand the other person maybe is not the devil. You may be feeling like they're the devil right now, but understanding that that will change as time goes by and, you know, being respectful kind of means... Taking the high road, you may be feeling like you want to be vengeful and angry, and you know, slash the tires on their car and do all kinds of things. But it means you need to consciously decide to take the high road because, in the long run, it's going to be better for you and your children.
0: And and so that that's a that's a really interesting how you kind of talk about that. It, this is about about you. It's it's not about necessarily being respectful to the other person, although that may be a part of it but it's it's about your own sort of self-respect that comes out of the divorce. Would that be right?
1: I think that's a, a, another good way to look at it. Yeah, having respect for yourself, wanting to end the relationship with some integrity and some dignity, um, you know, and not be that couple that is constantly fighting and arguing and at the school, screaming in front of the children when they're trying to do their pickup or at, at the Halloween Carnival, once schools have Halloween carnivals again, um, you know, it's about putting yourself first, putting your needs first, but also understanding your children have needs and that other person, you know, you love that other person once. And so you have to try to remember what you liked and loved about that person, even when you're going through this horrible experience and you may not be liking and loving them right now, but try to remember what you did like and love about them and hold on to that and try to let go of what all the horrible things you're thinking about them um, so that you can come up with better decisions for how the future is going to look. Because if you have children with this person, you're going to be in contact with each other probably for the rest of your lives.
0: And and I would I would venture to guess that the litigation process that is fighting it out in court uh, only makes things worse in terms of of those mm-hmm. feelings that you that you might have for your spouse. Is that so true? the litigation,
1: the litigation process is an adversarial process. It's meant to be that other person is your adversary, right? They're against you, and you're against them, and you need to fight and win. Um, and that may be appropriate if you are in a, you know, personal injury case, and somebody ruined you on the freeway, and now you're severely injured. Yeah, you may need to advocate for your rights to get compensated for your for your injuries. Um, But when you're talking about a family that's disintegrating, I think that's a different kind of situation than people who are probably strangers, right? Somebody rear-ended you on the freeway, you probably don't know them, probably never have to see them again after the case is settled. Um, So you don't really care (laughs) about the long-term effects of this lawsuit. You care about getting the money you need to pay your medical bills because you were injured. Whereas in a divorce and there's children you're going to have a continuing relationship and being vengeful and fighting and advocating and being adversarial, isn't going to help the family in the long run. Cause you're still going to be a family. You're going to be a different kind of a family. You're not going to be a nuclear family living in the same household, but you're still going to be a family and you're still going to share children. And the court system is set up more to help people only have tunnel vision. This is my situation. This is what I want. This is what's important to me. This is what I need because I was injured in this accident. And the the court system isn't set up to say, well, wait a minute. We have a a family here. We have a group of people that have a relationship and are going to have an ongoing relationship. And maybe we need to not pit two people against each other fighting and only thinking about their own self-interest. But maybe we need to help these people Think about their own self-interest, but think about the other person and the children and the family as a whole so that there can be a better relationship going forward because you're still a family.
0: So how and why did you get involved with the collaborative divorce movement?
1: So I went to law school late in life. I was I was 40 years old and and decided to become an attorney because I wanted to help people. I wanted to be a counselor at law. I wanted to counsel people. And I had gone through my own divorce And no one in my family is an attorney. No one in my family had been divorced. I didn't know what was going on in my own divorce because I wasn't a lawyer. No one in my family was a lawyer. No one had been divorced. I was kind of lost. I was very lucky, though, that my ex-husband is a very reasonable man. And instead of the two of us lawyering up and going and fighting it out, like most people think that's what you do, right? Oh, my God, my spouse wants a divorce. I better get an attorney. Um, You know, I I need someone to protect me. Um, Because they've lost the trust in that other person. But I was very fortunate that that he was reasonable. I was reasonable. We agreed to work it out to avoid court as much as possible. Um, And, you know, it wasn't as traumatic and as expensive and drawn out as it could have been. I was very fortunate. And so to me, that was my divorce experience, that first you sit down and you try to work it out with the other person. If it hadn't worked out, we probably would have ended up in court, but it worked out. So then I decided, well, I'm going to go to law school. If I can go to law school and become a lawyer, I want to help people going through a divorce because I didn't know what was going on. I felt lost. Other people must feel lost. I want to help people. So I went to law school, you know, took the bar exam, got hired at this firm in West Los Angeles that had a civil side of civil suits and had a family law division. And I started working for the family law division. And much to my surprise, all these couples were fighting and arguing and in and out of court and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm like, well, this isn't my experience of divorce. My experience of divorce was we actually sat down and tried to figure it out first. Why aren't these people sitting down and talking and trying to figure it out before they run off to court and spend all this money? That just didn't seem to make sense to me. And in law school, I had taken mediation classes and I had volunteered at the conflict resolution clinic where we didn't necessarily help divorcing couples, but we helped people like neighbors who had a dispute. And, um, and then I learned about the collaborative law process and I thought, wow, that sounds exactly like what I want to do, helping people through this divorce, but collaborating with the other attorney so that the, so that we can help this couple, this family in this crisis of divorce. And so I spent a few years litigating and I just was not happy. I just felt like I wasn't helping people. Um, I found, I often got the reasonable client who wanted to settle and the other, Client and their attorney were not reasonable, and I my client was spending a bunch of money for me to respond to everything the other side was doing. And I didn't feel like we're making progress. I didn't feel like it was money well spent for my client. I didn't feel like I was really helping people. So I decided you know what, I'm going to open up my own little office so that I can decide what kind of cases I want to take. I'm not, you know, I don't have to do what the partner at the law firm tells me to do. I can choose my own cases and handle them in my own way. So that's what I did. I opened up, I live in Burbank. I opened up my own little office here in Burbank and decided, you know what, I'm not going to take cases where people want to go to court. Um, I'm just going to take cases where people want to try to settle it first as their first option, as opposed to their first option going into court, and so and so that's what I did. I just started uh, telling people who called, you know, I have a child custody hearing in two weeks. I need an attorney to represent me, and I would say, look, I, I don't do that. I'll refer you out. I only help people who want to try to cooperate. So if you and the other spouse think you want to cooperate, you know, I'm happy to help. And so I just started turning away people who wanted to go to court and were involved in the litigation process. And I just started. Offering free consultations to people who wanted to learn that they had options, that they didn't have to go to court. That wasn't the only option, that they had these other options because I knew there were other options because I had done that myself in my own divorce. And I had taken the collaborative training and learned about that as another option. So long story short, I, I feel like I am more helpful to people trying to help them settle and doing mediation or collaborative work, and I'm happier, and I, I feel it's a better outcome from them. So I decided to get off the litigation train and move over to the consensual dispute resolution train. And to this day, I continue to refer out people who contact me because they have a need to go to court and just focus on helping those who who think they can settle it and cooperate and maybe save some time and money and, and stress and frustration.
0: And that then means uh, it's a more respectful kind of world that you work in, right?
1: I think so. I, you know, we have collaborative colleagues. The other attorneys and I are working together to help this family. We still represent our client and we're still trying to make sure our client's needs and interests are met, but we're also collaborating together to try to make sure that it's a win-win outcome, right? As opposed to one client gets everything they want and the other client is left, you know, living in a tent underneath the freeway. It's more like, how can we allocate the family resources? How can we come up with a parenting schedule that's best for the children and fits the couple's, Uh, work schedules because not everybody works nine to five and especially with the pandemic and more people working from home we've had to become really creative about how we handle the finances because some people aren't earning what they earned before how we handle the parenting schedules because until you know this fall many children were not in school Um, so the collaborative process really helps us deal with those real life situations whereas the litigation process is kind of stuck in you know it can't pivot and adapt as well to the realities of, of, of what individual families are facing.
0: So during Divorce with Respect Week, people have the opportunity to have a 30-minute consultation with a divorce attorney. Uh, what should they expect to learn during that consultation, and, and how should they prepare for that consultation?
1: I think that what they should expect is that they're going to get an overall explanation of what the the court process looks like. If you're going to get a divorce, there's a process and there are certain legal requirements and there are, you know, uh, there's good and bad, there's deadlines, but then also there's often delays because the courts are overcrowded and they can't, it's not like you call up your dentist and say, can I come in next Tuesday for my cleaning? Court doesn't work that way. You call up the court, you file paperwork and say, I need the judge to make a decision for me. I need a court hearing. And the clerk may say, fine, we can see you in three months, right? It's not uh, customer service oriented, if I can say that. It, it's it's They're overburdened, overcrowded, not enough facilities and employees to handle the volume that they have. So, so that can be very frustrating for people. So, you're going to learn a lot about the pros and cons of if you think the court process is best for you, but you're also gonna learn about consensual dispute resolution and the other options that are available and some of the pros and cons there so that the person getting the consultation can then decide what they think is the best path for them. As far as preparing, um, it might be helpful to write down just a list of questions. How long is it gonna take? How much do you think it's gonna cost? Um, You know what, What should I expect? If, if, if I end up in court and, you know, my situation is that I have no children, you know, does that mean it's going to be easier or harder? And, you know, it depends. Some people have very complex financial situations. Some people have very simple financial situations. Some people, uh, use the children as weapons in the divorce. And some people are willing to put aside their feelings and come up with plans that work. So, so just come up with a list of questions so that you're prepared.
0: Jamie, what's your website for anyone wanting to learn more about you?
1: It's FosgateFamilyLaw.com. Um, I've been told by some people it also reroutes to to Burbank Family Law Attorney. Um, So, so pretty much I'm the only Fosgate in the California state bar. So if you can't find me via Jamie Fosgate or Fosgate family law or Burbank attorney, if you go to the California state bar website and search Jamie Fosgate, I'm the only Fosgate in the state bar. And there's a link um, to my website on the state bar website. And another thing people should know is that, you know, there are scammers out there and if someone indicates to you that they're a lawyer or an attorney and they can represent you, you should double check the California State Bar website, because if they're not on that State Bar website, they are not a licensed attorney in the state of California. Um, people can graduate from law school in California, but if you don't pass the bar exam, you're not a licensed attorney. So you just might want to double check that you're the person who's telling you they're an attorney or a lawyer is actually licensed and double check on the State Bar website.
0: All right, Jamie, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Tim.
0: Remember, this is Divorce with Respect Week in California. You can get more information about signing up for a free consultation with a divorce coach or counselor, divorce financial professional, or an attorney at www.divorcewithrespectweek.com. That link and a link to Jamie's website are in the show notes. Thanks for joining us for the Respectful Divorce Podcast. Remember that October 30th through November 5th is Divorce with Respect Week in California. You can schedule an appointment with a divorce professional by going to www.divorcewithrespectweek.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes.